Hi, everybody. And uh, wow, episode four, Badass Ladies yes. Club. Yes, do we want to cheers to that? I mean, let's cheers to that because holy cow, this has been really awesome. I, I um, am really digging doing this podcast. Same. So episode four, um, I'll tell you guys this much, like getting this far into the process of recording everything, I'm just really excited that um, that there's listeners out there. And um, so if anything that happens at the Badass Ladies Club podcast is something that inspires you, then I would encourage you to share the podcast with your friends and to mm -hmm. follow us on social media, to check out the website, um, because this movement is really so much about creating a community. Absolutely. And so, uh, yeah, get on there, share it all. There's a YouTube channel. I mean, we're on TikTok. Guys, there's lots of places where you can engage with the and Badass Ladies rate Club. rate and review us. Please, because it helps us move up in the charts because we want um, for this healing journey that we're all on to, you know, like we're changing the world right now because we're changing ourselves. And that that is inspiring and a big reason why we started the Badass Ladies yeah. Club and this podcast. So welcome to episode four. I'm Laurie. This is my friend, Jessica. Hey guys. And uh, today we're talking about setting boundaries. Well, you know who one of... Um my most admired people with setting boundaries is our badass of the week. I mean, she's really awesome. Our dear friend, Mandy Hancock. I mean, Mandy, <laughs> Andy Webb Hancock has yes. uh, been such a big presence in both of our lives um, and is definitely uh, one of the OG badass ladies that comes to mind when we started talking about, you know, having really close friends that just get you and yeah. that no matter whether you're at your best or you're at your worst, like Mandy is always there to cheer you on and remind you who the fuck you are. Pardon my French. Okay. <laughs> like that you can do this. And yeah. there's never been a time, um, especially in times where I felt like really insecure or I've been really uh, questioning myself. Like she has always been a paragon of strength and doesn't just support people around her like that, but she truly lives her life that way and is one of the first, uh, and you know, it's funny cause you get inspiration from all over. Mandy is younger than I am, you know, like, um, but inspires me so much, you know, like inspiration is not always about age and experience. She was good at setting boundaries in a way that I had never even considered. She's a freaking expert really i yes. mean i well i mandy i don't know how you feel but i i would consider her an expert boundary setter absolutely because she really values um her self worth you know and i think that yes. that is so much about setting boundaries is how much do you love and respect yourself um to show others in the world how to treat you and that is something that i just you know maybe she didn't just come out of the womb with it but i just feel like she always got that um yeah. thing and so before i could even put words to why i uh wanted to be in mandy's orbit like that was something that was really prevalent on my mind mandy is uh the owner of prominence parlor, parlor which is a uh, beautiful salon of one uh mandy just hancock her. yeah like <laughs> she is a solo she's uh, a one woman show guys and she is amazing at it she does beautiful hair and she has a really awesome sense of style and uh, fun clientele. We have both worked with Mandy in uh, lots of different respects in the beauty business. We've uh, worked in the same salons before. We've done projects before on a lot mm -hmm. of different fronts. Um, and then she also has a newer business um, called Blissful Births Birth Education, um, where she has been, you know, we were talking just on the last episode. She just had baby number four. Um, and so birthing is something that she's been very inspired by helping. You know, she's learned so much through all four of her different birth processes and the idea of helping other women um, have the birth experience um, is just something that she really wanted to do and become a birth educator. And she uh, absolutely tackled it and nailed it and got the certifications. And, um, I was just so proud of her finding something that she was inspired by and deciding that she wanted to do for it and go for it, man. Yeah, man. You know, speaking as a mother myself, I have a hard time finding time to do what I need to do with one kid. Yeah. When she got this birth certification, she started it when she had two, but then she got pregnant with a third. Yeah. She finished it with the third. She's just had the fourth that I just look at her and I'm like, how in the world? And she's one of those that's like, 
I'll sleep when I'm dead, you know, and she just gets shit done with grace and she makes deep connections with everybody in her orbit. She's a force to be reckoned with. She is a force to be reckoned with. And I admire her so much. So Mandy, we want you on the podcast. And the real problem with having her on the podcast is that we could talk about so many different things. What like, would we talk about? It's going to be a long episode. What would we episode, not talk okay? about like, is yeah. really the question. Um, what would we not talk about with Mandy? So the three of us need to get our heads together yes. on that and decide um, what we're going to do. But Mandy, your badass box is uh, en route, my friend. And uh, we're so excited to honor you as a badass of the week. Absolutely. So moving on boundaries, boundaries. Um, Laurie had mentioned at the very beginning of the episode that, you know, we're really um, excited about community with the badass ladies club. And a part of that is getting you guys involved in conversation with us. And so we put out there on our Instagram stories this week that we were going to be recording um, an episode about boundaries. And so we wanted to get you guys involved in this conversation. So we have some feedback, which we, we were so excited that we actually got answers. I was so nervous that no one would answer. I know, right? But we actually got <laughs> but, lots of answers. Yes, and to put it out there, we got so many answers that we can't cover it all today. Right. Um, because a lot of this goes deep. And these are also anonymous answers. Absolutely. We're not going to name any names. I mean, and in the future, if a story really pops out where that person gives us permission to use their story and their name, then absolutely. But for these little Instagram story prompts, I just want you guys to know your secret's safe with us. Totally. You can tell us anything. This is all anonymous. Healing's messy business. Stated. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So here are some examples of what our community came up with. Um, so the question was, what boundaries have you put in place that have made your life better? Some of our favorites were, I have finally accepted saying no to certain people and energies, especially ones allowed in my own home. I don't let anyone, even family members, step on my feelings anymore. I'm allowed my feelings, whatever they may be. Overworking with no pay. No longer accepting apologies that start with, I'm sorry that you Ugh, fill in the blank. That's the worst. Um, and if there is no responsibility taken when someone deeply hurts you, it's okay to create space until that person owns and works on their part. Wow, guys. I mean, <laughs> there were a lot of responses that came through that I was like, yeah, girl, yes. Like yes. I, and I mean, to touch on, cause like you said, there were a lot of responses. We just picked a handful that, uh, we could talk about a little bit here. I loved the one that was talking about saying no to certain, obviously, like when you think about boundaries, our immediate thinking is, oh yeah, I need boundaries with people in my life, right? You right. know, like talk about the people that you got to have the boundary with, but people and energies that I can say no to, and that there's sometimes just an energy or a vibe that it's okay for you to say, yeah, I don't like the way this feels right now. Right. So I'm going to put a boundary up because this makes me feel the energy's not good, you know? It could be a place, you know, yes. a place that um, you're not willing to be in or go to. Yeah. You know, it. the boundaries don't have to be just people. Well, and or even like energies, you know, I know I don't like um, the news. Like I, I would never watch the evening news like in my house because I feel like, um, or any news really, because it, <laughs> yeah, the, it the puts energy. An energy into my home that I have a hard boundary on. Like my home's my sacred space. And right. so especially during an election year, oh my God, like yes. the, when everything is so high stakes, it's like, and I want to be informed, you know, right, and I want to know what's that, going on, but absolutely. I don't want that chronic energy in my home and my space. So yeah, that, that you can say no to certain energies in your world was a really cool way to think about it. I thought. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of my other favorites was the no longer accepting apologies that start with, I'm sorry that you dot, 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 whatever that may be. Because how genuine is that? Not like, an apology, guys. No. That, that um, apologies, what's that quote? Apology without- Without change. change. Behavior is manipulation. Yeah. Yeah, totally. But, oh. And so- 
I think it kind of goes hand in hand with the one about, you know, like if, if someone's hurt you really deeply and they're not willing to own that, that it's okay for you to create some space from them. And maybe if they do decide to own it and work on their part, that that can change. Um, but that you are entitled to your feelings, yes. you know, and if you are consistently in a space where your feelings are not um, honored mm-hmm. um, and don't seem valid, that that is something that's okay to put up a boundary and say, you know what, I don't need that in my world right now. And I think that, um, you know, I I hate to always make something about being a woman, but like as women, we are so often taught to put our feelings on the back burner to be strong for, or to create a happy home or to make space for. And that oftentimes we are so willing to do that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, our, our one badass lady, you know, said that I am allowed my feelings. Yes. That, of course you are. You know, we have been raised in this society where like, you're not allowed to feel that way. And it's like, or it's not polite. Right. It's just not polite to feel that way or to express it when you are filled, when you do feel that way. Yeah. Um, it gets you labeled a lot, you know, and, and when, uh, when men have really strong feelings about things, they're passionate. Uh, but when women have really strong feelings about things, they're hysterical, you know, like, uh, we're just emotional, crazy people. Right. So yes, it (laughs) is. Uh, it was really good to hear the feedback, um, and keep on doing that. Yes, Um, please. We want to hear when you guys are, um, jamming with something that we said. And if we, uh, if you have perspectives on it, like I said, so much of the way that, uh, we got responses were not the way that I'd ever verbalized it or thought about it before, which is why I love, uh, this movement right now, you know? Yeah. And guys, just to put it out there, I mean, we're going to keep on doing these Instagram prompts where we're going to be asking questions, but please feel free to DM us and give us ideas and say, Hey, I think it would be a really great episode if you touch on this. Yeah. Or, you know, what I heard you talk about was this. And I think you could spin off and talk about that. Or what kind of things are you, um, where are you at in your healing process right now? You know, like what's been really relevant to you. I also am all about getting feedback about, uh, people that you think should be badass of the week because there are so many amazing badasses out there that, uh, maybe we just haven't had the privilege of coming into contact with. So if there's a badass lady in your life that, you know, that she is inspiring you and she's doing the work and she's, uh, creating space for others to be able to do the same kind of work. Those are the badasses that we want to be able to honor and expose as many people as we can. Right. Because Laurie and I, you know, we, um, we have our circle and we have a long list of badasses of the week that we're going to come up with of men and women. Yes. Um, a lot of them being well-known figures though, you know, so we have talked about the fact that we need, you know, our everyday people out there who are serving their local communities and being an inspiration. It's those people that sometimes make the biggest impact in our daily world. You know, like I, it's awesome to look at somebody who's a public figure that has a, a lot of eyes on them. A lot of times those inspirations are closely curated, you know, and that to find uh, people that are just out there doing life, um, that that is oftentimes the most inspiring thing for me. Okay. All right. So let's talk about setting boundaries. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So let's start with how boundaries are sometimes uncomfortable to put in place um, and how that starts. I have a lot to say about this, I feel. I mean, because. Because I'm learning it. Well, as we speak, and that's part of why, you know, Jessica was saying, we have so many ideas about, uh, topics and things we want to talk about, but what we're finding the more that we work on this podcast is that the things that, um, we're currently going through today tend to be the things that we can speak to, uh, the most, um, in the present. So yeah, creating boundaries is hard because it's, to create a boundary, you have to break out of your current reality enough to either have a difficult conversation or to break a habit or a behavior somehow that's not serving you. Yeah. And we're not geared for that. Um, (laughs) naturally, I don't think. Yeah. So I feel like there are two ways to set boundaries, right? You can address it with that person, have that difficult conversation and how they take it is a reflection of their own story. Right. That if I've learned anything in my adult life, it's that how people, um, 
react is just a reflection of themselves. No one does anything because of you is what I'm saying is that like, if I'm laying a boundary down with someone and I don't like their response or their reaction, it's not because of me. It's because of their own story and their own experience. And that that's also something to be honored. Maybe that, okay, I may not agree with it. That hurts me, but that's their experience. And I have to live with that response or reaction. I mean, that when people react, um, cause no matter what, like if you are going to set down a boundary with a person, you know, and that oftentimes that comes sometimes, uh, it's like straw that breaks the camel's back where you just snap and you're like, Oh my gosh, we have to talk about this right now. Um, sometimes you organize space for that, but that like you said, people are reacting sometimes to the way that it makes them feel. And, you know, coming off of episode three and, you know, feelings are for feeling that when you do set a boundary, that it's not always just a one way street, you know, like I know, um, oftentimes when I was younger and maybe not so aware or respectful of other people's feelings, you know, like I was on a mission, like I was going to put down a boundary because I respected myself and I didn't want that disrespect coming at me that, and it was all about me. It was me, 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 me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then a lot of times you're having these interactions with people that are important in your world for some reason. Um, and like you said, they are having their own experiences and that to create, it's a two way conversation with boundaries because, um, oftentimes you didn't get there alone, you know, like, and so, um, so talking about setting boundaries uh, with others is really uncomfortable. Yeah. And doesn't always turn out the way you think it's going to, you know, like it's challenging. Um, but I have a question. Okay. Lay it on me. Um, and we're going to talk about this later in the episode, but I just kind of want to introduce this idea too. So we're talking about laying down boundaries with people and having that conversation and having that, I don't know, maybe the word isn't confrontation, but in a lot of instances it is. Um, do you think that you owe it to that person or yourself to have that conversation or is sometimes, is it okay to not, and just say, this is a boundary and I don't feel like talking about it right now, but that this, this is just the way it needs to be while I deal with what I need to do. Absolutely. With. Yeah. Like, that it doesn't always have to be a conversation that it is no. okay. Right. Yes. I mean, I think that's okay. And it's so funny that you bring this up because I have been accused of being confrontational. I don't know if you know that about what? me, no. but, um, I, I, I like, I think it's not that I'm confrontational as much as I don't like things being unresolved between me and people that I love and care about. And so I would always rather just go straight to the source, you know, and, um, and what you're pointing out is that sometimes not everybody's like me, you know, and that it's okay to, uh, sometimes just know internally, okay, this is a boundary I have. I'm not ready to talk about it, you know, like I'm not ready to go there yet, but that doesn't mean I still don't deserve to have this boundary in place, Absolutely, you know? And yeah. cause that's what I'm working on, yeah. you know, um, with some things going on in my life that, you know, I've laid down boundaries with some people that I haven't really addressed with them. And I hope I don't come off as like an asshole or anything. I just, I'm not ready to address that. Yeah. And that I have a lot of work to do on myself. Yes before I'm ready to even confront those feelings. Um, and maybe not the feelings, but I'm definitely not ready to confront those people about that boundary. Um, that boundaries come in a lot of shapes and sizes and that no matter how you're feeling about it, that it's valid and okay. Well, and they evolve sometimes too, you know, like right now, um, in the space of like, I'm not ready to confront all parties involved. Um, that that boundary might evolve as you process more, you know, about what uh, you're going through because, and that is also something like in being someone who tends to be more confrontational, you know, like when things are not going right between me and people in my orbit, like, like we've established, like I'm a fixer, I'd like to fix this situation right now. Mm-hmm. And that not everything needs to be fixed on my 
timetable, you know? Is that a cancer thing? I guess. I don't know. Like, cause I feel like the Capricorn in me is just like cut people off. You know, you're pe- dead to me. Right? <laughs> you're dead to me at the moment. Maybe I can come back to you it. Might come back to life. But, um, you know, I, I see those memes that are like, you can't just cut people out of your, and then a cancer's like, cutting right. people Bye-bye. out of their life that I'm like, uh, bye. And not that it's that easy. It's definitely an emotional process, but sure. um, that it makes me, it's kind of like the comic relief I need in the moment sometimes when I'm thinking about boundaries. Right. Yeah. Well, and that a lot of times I think maybe it's a more of a first child syndrome that I have as opposed to a cancer thing, you know, like that I um, like to take on responsibility for, other people's feelings a lot. And yeah. I do, I do think that's a little bit of a crab thing too, you know, but in, yeah, cause I'm the firstborn too. And you're not so much. Like, and I'm not okay, like that. It's gotta be a cancer thing, but maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's a combination it's of probably, the two of you. Who knows? Um, <laughs> but uh, what I do know is that it's, um, it's also something that is kind of in this codependency conversation that we have a we, lot. Yeah. We were having that a couple episodes ago, the codependency conversation. I, I'm not okay. If you're not okay. And right. if you're not okay, well then what do I do to make you And that boundaries kind of fall on the opposite end of that where I'm like, okay, am I okay? And if you're not okay, that's going to have to be okay with me. You know, like right. I can't set boundaries unless I'm willing for people to maybe be disappointed in them a little bit, you know? And Yeah. You know, um, so I think we, we can, you know, talk about other ways of setting boundaries and that later we're, we're going to talk about that cutting people out of your life thing, but that I just kind of wanted to put out there in the beginning that no matter how you set a boundary, I think there's a way that you can handle it well, you know, um, I'm not promoting you to be a jerk about it or anything, but that you're, the way you set that boundary is valid. However you see fit. Absolutely. And so and I want you're people entitled to, under, yeah, to you're entitled boundaries. to that. Yeah. So, yeah, um, however you do that. Um, so I guess some other boundaries that we have talked about before, like, you know, I was talking about the news and, you know, my house, as far as like being on TV or whatever, I definitely feel like this has been my year of, um, social media boundaries yeah. where it, and sometimes, you know, like everybody tries to roll straight to like, politics or disagreements or whatever. That's not really what I'm talking about. Even i just mean like sometimes because I have my own damage that I'm working on. There are things on social media that I see that are really upsetting for me. And that at a certain point, I just had to understand that, uh, it was my experience and that some, that when you're doing the work, sometimes you have to remove the things that are, um, bringing out the worst in you, you know, yeah, and absolutely, I've had to, and it hasn't had anything to do with other people. It's had everything to do with me. Right. I it's needed. the reverse of what we were talking yes. about earlier that, you know, nothing you do has, I'm not like, doing it because of y'all. Like, right. I'm doing it because of me. Like right. I need this. We shouldn't take those things personally no. that it's really hard. It's working on their own shit. Totally. God, especially in 2020. Yeah. I mean, it is the year of working on your own shit. Like it or not, girl. <laughs> um, so yeah, that I've had to set some really important boundaries on, um, my own social media experience just because my, uh, peace of mind and my mental health and all of those things are very valuable to me right now. And I have limited emotional capital, uh, to spend on things that are upsetting. Well, and it's so interesting as one of your best friends that people feel like they can talk to me about that kind of stuff. And so I've had people say, why did Laurie oh my God. fill in the blank on social media? Why did she um, do X, Y, Z on social media? And I'm just kind of like, maybe you should ask Laurie about that. Um, Cause we share a brain, right? Like, right. That I know exactly what's going on in your head and that sometimes I'm responsible for you apparently, but Yikes. you don't want that. Trust I, me. <laughs> I don't for the record. I don't want that. Anybody <laughs> no. listening, but um, no, that, that it's happened. And I'm not just talking about one person that multiple people have come up to me and that your presence on social media, Laurie is being watched and noticed and that people are talking to me about it. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe you should ask Laurie Wallace about that. And that, you know, she's, she's doing what's good for her. That's all I've said. Right. She's doing what's good for her. She's doing what she sees fit. And 
that I think that because of our close relationship, people feel like we do a lot of the same things, but that I haven't done those things on social media and that you have, that they're like, what's wrong? Well, because we do have very different (laughs) social media, um, approaches sometimes, but I do know that for myself, just in the last, I mean, we'll even say six to nine months, I've gotten really, um, connected to the idea that being who I am and embracing that and not overthinking so much about how that will be perceived on social media. You know, like, um, I have always colored myself as a leader or, you know, like somebody who, um, is going to be an influence on other people, whether that be in my work life or, um, with the tiny people that I love or any of those things that I always felt this big responsibility to, uh, present myself a certain way in a public image. And, uh, the more that we're all learning about social media anymore, because daily, uh, I see, you know, like I'm 42. I know what things were like before you had tiny computers that you walked around, uh, within your pocket, you know, like the world is different now that (sighs) the best thing I can do, um, if I'm any kind of influence on anybody is be me. Yeah. And, uh, and that's hard on, in such a public way, but if I'm not brave enough to embrace that, um, and put it out there because it's authentic to who I am, uh, then I shouldn't be on it at all. And, uh, and that is different. And I think because it's different, that's why sometimes people come to you and are like, is Larry okay? Cause (laughs) she's like a whole new, you know, like that, that may be part of that. Yeah. Um, so kind of on the same topic, but not quite And we'll, I'm, I swear this has, this was all connected, but, um, we have an upcoming episode that has to do with social media yes. that we're recording soon. So I did my homework. I watched the social dilemma and I'm terrified. Oh my gosh. Oh. But, <laughs> but I just want to put it out there that if you haven't watched the social dilemma on Netflix, you need to get it. And, um, we will be talking about that very soon. Yes. And so this, this is all full circle. It has, a, you know, but that social media is not a person I need a boundary with. It's a experience I needed a boundary yes, with, you know? Yes. Um, and so that that can be true of so many uh, digital experiences that we're all having. Um, even just like binging seasons on Netflix, you know, like that sometimes when I'm doing that, perhaps it's because I'm ignoring another something in my world, you what? know? And then no. especially in quarantine, I had to be like, okay, Laurie, uh, you already watched the whole season of too hot to handle. Like there's no reason for you to watch any more Netflix, like get up off the couch and do something um, productive with your life. Like yeah, that needed to be a boundary. My, my quarantine Netflix binge, which I'm, I would love to binge, but I have this tiny human to take right, care of. Totally. So I'm not as much of a binger as some other people, but my binge was Ozark. Yes. And oh my God, it was for so the record, good. Jason Bateman, if you're ever listening, I'm so like, I love his work. Um, He really is. I, um, I don't love watching drama series Mm -hmm. that I can watch a drama movie. Mm -hmm. If it takes up two hours of my life, I'm like, okay, sure. Whatever. Um, I don't like drama series because I feel like life is hard enough. And especially in 2020 that I don't want to binge drama that I'd rather binge parks and rec and happy laughing. Yeah. Watch Amy Poehler all day, every day, which by the way, for the record, I still do. But even though I've seen parks and recreation from beginning to end, I'm not kidding. When I say like five times I, that I've watched that whole series multiple times that when I'm on that last episode of season seven, that I start back at season one. So it is my happy place, but that, um, that watching Ozark and binging that <laughs> through quarantine, it was dark, it, but so good. It really was good. Yeah. If you haven't seen Ozark, Check you should out. watch all three seasons, but that, um, it definitely affected me and that I was like, Whoa, maybe I should see out of this for I, a minute. <laughs> back to parks and rec. <laughs> like, I can't, no more intense drama. Write, no more intensity that, um, it definitely affected my mood for sure. Life that, is dark enough right now without right. piling on top of it. Yeah. Um, or even just, you know, like I know oftentimes when I traveled a lot for work, so pre COVID, uh, situation, I was on the road on the weekends a lot, teaching classes or doing shows or whatever that 
I kind of became this yes girl that if I got um, presented with an opportunity to teach a class or to do a show or to do something that I uh, knew would be fun and exciting and definitely like move my career forward, my answer was always yes. But I never even considered like, do I have uh, energy, the time, space, the energy. time, you know, like my answer was Same. always yes. And then before Absolutely. I knew it, I would look at the calendar and I would have like six or seven weekends in a row where I was out of town and then was at work during the week and, um, that it just became, and I always had this space in my head where I was like, okay, we'll do it now. You know, like you just say yes, because you can't turn down an opportunity. You may never get that opportunity again. You it know, may be the opportunity, maybe the one, you know? Right. And so at a certain point I had to decide, like, I have a husband and a marriage and there were things that I wanted to do with my uh, family and personal time or, you know, like I would be going months and I wouldn't have seen my parents or, you know, like I had a young niece in Colorado and I wanted to go visit her. And so I just had to uh, step back and look at my calendar and block out weekends that were non-negotiable. And that was really hard for me to, because it I had so many excuses for why it was okay for me to prioritize my work over my personal you know, relationships. And that that ended up being a boundary that um, I wasn't willing to sacrifice those things and that I had to make time for that stuff, or maybe those things wouldn't be there, you know, anymore. And so I know that, um, and it seems so silly, like a lot of people are setting boundaries that are like massive, you know, like things in the world. I'm like, no, I was just working too much on the weekends, you know, <laughs> uh, but it changed my quality of life immensely yeah. and um, definitely gave me a new perspective on the value that just having time and space, or maybe it wasn't that I was spending any time with anybody. Maybe it was just that I needed a couple of days to just be quiet and be me for a minute or figure out how I felt about things or stay in bed, you know, or do whatever it was I needed to do, like prioritizing me time. Yeah. Which, um, <laughs> Laurie can definitely speak to this. I am the queen of leave me alone. Yes. I don't want anybody near me talking to me. Like I, I value my alone time. You do so much that, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm not as great as Laurie is with laying down the boundary, um, as like scheduling it that I kind of take the alone time as it comes. Right. And then, and then I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to capitalize on this, you know, yes. and, um, that I'm not so great at planning that per se, but, um, that that is my recharge. That is, I, I live for alone time. I live for it. Yeah. But how guilty do you feel when you take it? I'm getting better at not feeling Good. so guilty yeah. that, um, that I see the value in it yeah. and that, um, I can't, I've just been going through so much lately where I'm realizing that I can't be everything for everyone all at the same time, that being a hairstylist behind the chair and for any of my guests listening, I want you to know that I love and value my time with you behind the chair so much, but that it is very emotionally exhausting yes. sometimes. And that, um, I love making those deep emotional connections with my people, but that at the end of the day that it, that when I get in my car and go home that I'm just like, <sighs> you spend a lot out, you yes. know, like, um, yes. when people come and come and receive services, that there's so few industries left where you actually get to touch people where um, it feels good. We're, we're not talking good, about right. like going to a dentist yeah. where you're like, eh. uh, but coming and getting your hair done, like people, it's something they just do for them, you know, yeah. and that they, uh, they do release so much. Yeah. It's part of the magic. Of it is part of the what, magic. So for uh, anyone do, listening, you know? I don't want you to feel it's like, bad. Oh, I shouldn't bring that up to Jessica. Like I want you to talk to me because yes. honestly to my clients, you give me so much inspiration, especially for things that we're talking about on the podcast. Right. So I want my clients to be part of the conversation too, Everybody. as far as what we're doing. Yeah. But, um, that sometimes it's emotionally, um, taxing yeah. and that, um, that is where I've started to really cherish the quiet. Yes. You know, a really interesting example of that is, uh, old Jessica. 
Okay. The, the old Jessica. <laughs> Tell me about old Jessica. <laughs> she would work all the way through the day and not take a lunch break. I would. Frequently. Um, it happened a lot. Um, and I remember it was probably about the time that you got pregnant where lunch breaks were like, no, 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 you have, like, I forced you, you, you know, forced me to take, lunch I blocked breaks. them on your books. They were X number of hours apart. They were 30 minutes, you know, like that you were forced to eat and sit down and rest. Otherwise I wouldn't, she wouldn't like wouldn't. robot style, get into it. So, <laughs> um, that that happened. And then even, you know, four years later that now when you have a lunch break, which maybe is not as frequently as when you were pregnant, but still happens, you know, mm-hmm. um, that, Oftentimes you would use that time to like enter formulas or tear foils or do things that were related to work. And now you will go get something to eat and sit in your car and have space for a minute. And that is something I have noticed that you do now (laughs) that you didn't do before. Now I'm a little cranky when I don't get my lunch break. (laughs) And I love that because I don't know if that was like a purposeful boundary that you put in or if it's just something that kind of evolved. I think it evolved, but I do think that it's been great for your workflow. Absolutely. Yeah. That, um, I feel like I can give more. Yeah. Um, when I can sit down, I'm not going to lie every now and then if I'm working a shorter day, mm-hmm. like my nine to four days, I can probably power through without a lunch Absolutely, break yeah. and be okay. But those long days yeah. where pre-pregnancy, I'd be like, I can work a 12 hour shift and not Bring eat it. Give me a Tic Tac. I'm fine. <laughs> Give me goldfish. I could power through. Oh my gosh. Um, it's so true. That um, now on those long days, it is kind of a non-negotiable that I'm like, no, I'm a human being. I'm a human. Um, I, you know, everyone who has ever worked at the salon knows that I, along with, you know, as we said in episode three, I have this reputation of having a black heart. I also have the reputation of being a robot. This is true. That, um, that was also a uh, big eye-opening experience that like, at first I took it as a joke and I was like, ha ha ha, that's funny. They all think I'm a robot. But then I was like, maybe that's not a good thing <laughs> that I need to work on that. Um, you know, that I think that it's good when it comes to behind the chair and that I feel like my work is precise, you know, but it's also dear Lord. part of <laughs> the, uh, it's part of what we got to do to get through whatever it is that we're doing. Like everybody has different workflow and yes. Uh, what I see that other people translate as robotic sometimes is that you're very efficient and that you, uh, in that you work in that efficient space so well that, you know, people, and we've talked about this a lot with being able to compartmentalize the way that we feel about things, um, that sometimes you got to put it on and it's how you make awesome things happen in your career. Um, and that, that gets translated as robotic a lot, but I also think that that's badass. You know, it's part of why you are who you are. Well, I'm trying, (laughs) but, um, yeah, the having that lunch break has been a new boundary for me. I'm very proud of myself for evolving that way that I never would have thought ever. And it's yeah. uh, whatever it costs you to put that space there, the value you get out of it. You can't put a dollar amount on that, you know, yeah. like it's totally worth it. So yeah, those boundaries are for me, but let's talk about boundaries when other people are involved. You know, it's so funny. Cause when <sighs> I first started trying to figure out this episode, I was trying to think about like, okay, Laurie, where in your life have you put down boundaries? You know, like what's something that uh, you can share And all of the boundaries that came up first thing in my head were always boundaries that involved other people. So, um, and why is it so much easier for me to put down a boundary when it involves someone else? Like I'm way more inclined to say, no, you want my feedback on that? Unacceptable. Like, yes. Tell me, why is that so easy for me when other people? Well, because you and I are very similar in this aspect, but I didn't really think about it until now that. Um, because you are that natural born leader, as I feel like I am too, is that we, it feels good to protect people. Yeah. And that, um, and I, I don't want to sound selfish. It just. Be selfish girl. Do it. When I'm laying down boundaries, when other people are involved, Laurie is really great at this. She lays down boundaries to protect the team. Yeah. Right. That, um, it's kind of like the savior mentality. That, um, I have an obligation to these people. Right. Yeah. 
if I don't do it, who will, right. you know, and that they can't save themselves. Right. So, yeah, no. That they're helpless if I don't. That's you totally know? an ego thing. That, yeah. That, um, which is a whole nother episode guys. We, yeah, we were, we're talking about an ego episode that I, I can admit that it does come with an ego Yes, when you do set down those boundaries Absolutely. for other people. It's really easy to say, oh, no, no, no. You're not going to treat my friend this way. Yep. You're not going to treat my team member this way. You're not going to treat my child this way. My, my spouse this way. Right. But yeah, like, like that laying down those boundaries. And I know you have a story um, that you'd like to share. I talk a lot about um, there was this time in my life where we I had kind of a communal living situation. We all had our own houses like mm-hmm. um my best friend, Mandy lived across the street, my brother and soon to be sister-in-law at the time lived a block over. I had two or three other best friends that all lived, you know, like we were all within two or three blocks of one another. Which for the record, I'm really jealous. I didn't know you guys. And I'm really sad that I didn't know you guys then. (laughs) It was also like in my late twenties, you know, like, so it was a time in your life where you do have a lot of friends around and you spend a lot of time together. And so there was obviously, you know, the early morning walk out my front door in my pajamas across the street with my coffee mug and go sit on Mandy's couch and hang out and, you know, chat for a little while. Or, um, my brother would need to watch something on cable and I had the channel and he didn't. So he would come over in the middle of the day and hang out and watch, I don't know, football or whatever it was that he was, you know, (laughs) watching like that when somebody needed something, uh, you know, like my friend would want to borrow a pair of shoes. So she would come over and I would be at work and she'd get in my closet and she'd borrow my shoes. Like it was, there were no boundaries. No, we had no boundaries between each other's houses. You know, like we were always having family dinner at a different night or, um, you know, like that you moved in and out of one another's spaces because we all had keys to each other's places or we knew where the key was hidden, you know? And so, that worked for me because the people I was doing it with, I think especially because it was uh, my brother and we were siblings and, you know, things were always shared between us and that I'd always had that relationship with Mandy and you know all of the people that were involved, that that was cool by me. But I had uh, Aubrey who I lived with, you know, and so when we all moved in and we were all so close together, that all happened really fast. And for him, it was very different to have people be in, in your space, especially when you weren't home, you know, maybe not occasionally that was such a big deal, but like it was daily, sometimes multiple people a day. Right. Would, and he's like, what, what is house? happening? Like, yeah. Right? Or like, where's, I put this over here and now it's over there. Because or, I'd like to think that I know Aubrey pretty well yeah. and that, you know, Aubrey is not as much of a social creature. Let's be that, real. Like, yeah. <laughs> Um, I am the social creature yes. in the relationship. Aubrey yes. is, uh, he's just antisocial is probably an okay word for it, you know? Um, and, but not like he was, I guess that's the other thing. People change, man. And Aubrey yeah. is a lot less antisocial today than he was 10, 12 years ago, which is, you know, when we're talking about anyway. I don't, yeah. I don't think that I even became friends with Aubrey until no. last year. And I've known you for 10. He's also very years. selective about who he will yeah. spend time. You know, like so, Aubrey has boundaries in place. Let's, yes, he's great at that. Aubrey is great at boundaries, he's actually. Uh, so, he's an inspiration where that's concerned. But is. back to our story, yeah. like there became a point where he really told me like, this bothers me, you this know? This is not working for me. And I immediately like was defensive because I was like, hey, look, this is my family, you know, like these are my dearest friends. Like this is just the way that we are, you know, we come and go from, it's okay. You know, like it's okay. And he was like, "Mm, it's not okay. Like it's not the way that, uh, is working for me. And so then I was in this position where I was like, oh my God, my significant other who I love and adore and could never do life without, or these people who are my closest friends and family, you know, that I was so fearful of them reacting to me putting this boundary in place that maybe this big communal living and the coming and going from my house isn't something that we should do now that I'm an adult and married and am creating a space with somebody else. That those are really conflicting feelings when you're at that age where you start to get into your late twenties and early thirties and you're trying to decide like, do I have this more college crew mentality versus a adult functioning relationship mentality? So I didn't think about this you and Aubrey were probably the first to be married out of your friend group. Yeah. But I'm also a little bit older than most of my friends. Right. Group too, and, yeah. but that this was before anyone was getting married and having babies. Oh yeah. Nobody, that was you guys were babies. kind of the first of your yes. group to establish 
family. Yes. Um, in a legal sense. And then far, none yeah. of us were familiar with that line that you end up right. creating where you're like, no, 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 this is my husband and this is the way I Right. Are. But I also so did the, not. You were the pioneer with yeah, your friend group as far as that, that either, goes. That's true. Um, and that establishing that, you know, once I did it, it actually was not that big a deal. Right. Um, I well, was way more awesome and yeah, love you. Totally. And you know, they, yeah, they the, also loved Aubrey and yes. kind of like immediately understood, um, when they looked at it from the way I was explaining it, that they were like, yeah, no, maybe we should chill on that. And obviously we'll still have coffee in the mornings and we'll still have family dinner and we'll still do all of but that. Maybe I won't break into your house during the day when you're not there. Totally. And that, <laughs> those and or that, I'll that give was, you a heads up. Right. I'll <laughs> let you know I was coming by or whatever, right. you know, like it wasn't like we didn't want to hang out with people, but that his feelings were valid and that I needed to establish that my relationship with him was a priority in my life. And if there were things that were going on that were making him uncomfortable in his home, that's not okay with me, you know? And if that's caused by people that are in our orbit, that we just got to be able to talk about that and have that healthy boundary there. And like I said, I was way more worked up with it before I did it. After I did it, I was like, oh, that wasn't nearly as big a explosion as I thought it would be. Right. That the anxiety is always of worse. setting the boundary yes. is always worse oh than God. actually setting the boundary. Cause I then you're like way too hard. Oh, this weight is off my shoulders. Yes. And, and then I wasn't better in the middle either, you know, like, right. and I always think that is part of my own anxiety is when I feel like I love this person and I love this person and I feel this like struggle between keeping everybody happy um, that sometimes that's all in my head and that's not really what's going on, you know, and that being able to speak the boundary and then have it and everything be cool and us all move on with our lives. Like that was the first time where I was like, wow, that feels good, you know? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that was an example of a time where I had to set a boundary. Yeah. Um, when I have to think of an example of setting a boundary, one story comes to mind and I, I don't want to name names because I didn't okay it with, you know, the person who this story is about, but one of my dearest best friends, um, and this is when I was pregnant, all the stories go back to when I was pregnant. I mean, that was, was a big time. It was a major time. Yeah. <laughs> Life-changing time. Totally. Um, you know, it was before I knew that Adelaide was a girl. I want to say it was around 19 weeks. Um, cause we found out at 20 weeks, but, um, so one of my best friends, I would call my soul sister, you know, best friend since the seventh grade. Um, she was struggling big time with her mental health. Um, and I hope that she can come on the podcast one day and yes. maybe talk about it a little bit because I think her story is so inspiring and in how she handled it. But that, um, my best friend was struggling big time with her mental health and that, you know, I was pregnant. And so a lot of things were changing for me. And, you know, this thing happens when you're pregnant where you're like, I got to get all my fun out, you know? And, um, you know, obviously it's not like I could go party or anything, but that I really wanted to embrace time with my friends. She was struggling so deeply that it was bigger than I could ever realize. And she kept on bailing on me. I would even go as far as saying ghosting me. You know, I would work a long day at the salon. I would come home, I would get ready to go out and she would either cancel on me or completely ignore my calls and texts altogether. Oof, that hurts. And if I have one big pet peeve, and this is probably coming from a hairstylist perspective, I cannot handle people disrespecting my time. I don't care who you are. Don't disrespect my time. Yeah. My time is valuable to me. And so when this kept on happening, happening repetitively, and by the way, this was nothing new in our friendship. Okay. She yeah. had done this before, right? but I wasn't pregnant then. <laughs> yeah. I had the time to just be like, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But you know, when you're pregnant and like emotional and hormonal <laughs> that, um, it, things just become more serious. Right. And you're about to introduce this little human to the world. And so she had done this enough times to where I was like, I'm just really not feeling this. I'm not okay with this. And I was doing her mom's hair at the time and my best friend's mom, you know, expressed to me how worried she was. And basically I, 
I kind of made a plan with my best friend's mom to show up at the house that night unexpectedly without telling my best friend, you know, it's like, well, you bail on me. I'm going to show up. You know? <laughs> here, I am, like like, here I am. You have no choice, but to face me, you know, that my best friend's mom was like, yeah, just walk through the door. It's fine. Come over after work. How confrontational of you, Jessica, which I'm not a confrontational no, you're person. Not. It was very different <laughs> yeah. for me. I was so scared because I love her so much, yes. you know, and that, um, so after work, I went over there unannounced. Well, to her, um, of course her mom knew that I was coming and that she was like, what are you doing here? And I was like, we got to talk. And we sat down and, you know, this, my best friend, she was going to be, and is by the way, happy ending to the story, but she is the godmother of Adelaide. Um, and you know, like I had said, I didn't know whether Adelaide was a boy or a girl at the time. And, um, I just remember talking to her that, you know, I'm about to bring this little human into the world and that, I'm okay with you bailing on me, but this is happening so frequently that I'm worried for our future that I can't name you the godmother of my kid and be like, Tia, Jackie's coming over. Well, there I go. go. I'm sorry, Jackie. I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) you know, Tia, Jackie's coming over and then have you not show up? Um, And that, you know, I was like, you've got to get it together. Fierce mama bear, man. And that it was a mama bear moment. And God, looking back on it, I, I should have, I wish I approached it differently, but talking to her now, she actually says that that was a really eye opening moment and that I feel bad about it and how I handled it, but that she was like, no, it's what I needed to hear. And that, you know, maybe I wasn't totally right in the way that I approached it, but that it was valid for me at the time. And then I had to lay down that boundary for me and my kid that I was carrying. And it was really, really hard because mental health is such a serious, deep issue. And I wanted to be careful. Um, but you guys both had your own experiences, you know? And I think one thing in both of our stories about putting down boundaries with people that we love is that after doing it, that everything was okay. Yes. And that, and that especially when it's like that the boundaries are the hardest to put down are the people that you love, you know, and you don't want them to be upset or disappointed in you or any of those things, but that people that really love you are going to honor the fact that you set a boundary with them and that oftentimes it only makes your relationship better, not worse, you know, and that that absolutely like our, our relationship got so much better after that. And, you know, I'm not saying that everything was perfect and that we never, of course not bailed on each other, you know, from then on. Um, but that it actually, I will say, opened the door for Jackie and I to have more difficult conversations. There was a conversation later in my pregnancy where I hurt her mm-hmm. really bad. And I didn't realize it. Um, and I that was not my intention, but that she called me up and she was like, hey, I'm not okay with how things went down um, with this situation. She was helping me out at my house. She was working tirelessly. And I don't think that I expressed my gratitude in the best way, um, because I just wanted to take a nap. (laughs) I'll be honest. And, um, that when she called me after the fact, I was just like, wow, you know, I'm sorry. And that it, we had never had those difficult conversations before. That's part. I find like because you know, you, said, you said you and Jackie have been close since you were kids. Yeah. That the people who stay in your life the longest are people who you get good at having hard conversations with, you know? And, um, you know, we've already established that I'm a bleeding heart cancer. You know, I get my feelings hurt so easily sometimes for things that, you know, are mostly manufactured in my head. Um, and that's just something that you learn about yourself, you know, like when you get older. And I know that so oftentimes things have happened between me and friends of mine where I've just had to take space. Sometimes, um, it's my closest friends and sometimes the space has gone for years. Um, and that forgiveness, um, 
is a really big part of that. And that, mm-hmm. that doesn't really have anything to do with them either. Like that's always an internal journey, you know, that I have going on, but that people who love you don't go away. Yeah. And even though I've had space from people sometimes for years that are important in my life, if we really truly love and honor and respect one another, then we can give each other the space. Um, and we can come back to each other if that's what serves us in that moment, you know, and it's that whole, like, sometimes you gotta let things go and see if they come right. back to you, you know? And, um, and so that you only understand with more time. Um, yeah. and so time and maturity for sure. For real man. Like, yeah. Um, <laughs> that God, I'm sorry. I said your name, Jackie. I'm sorry, but, um, that was not my intention, but that it did make our friendship stronger. Jackie's I feel a badass lady. Yeah, she, she really it. is. And totally. so, Jackie, one day, I hope you can come and talk. Really awesome godmother. She really is. She's the best godmother for Adelaide. She's great. So when we were staging this episode and talking about it a little bit, one of the things that you said to me that made me laugh so hard is that I had told you or that you had learned from me at some point that as an adult, you don't have to do shit if you don't want to. Such a freeing moment that Laurie Wallace taught me. It's funny because I don't even really have a conscious memory of saying that to you, but like elaborate on that. What about setting boundaries? What did I say? What was I talking about? I don't remember because it's been multiple moments in my life where I'm like, but I have to, but I, and I'm just so tired. And I, you know, X, Y, Z, fill in the blank with whatever that may be that Laurie is always the first person to look me in the eye and say, so what if you don't? You're a grown ass woman. You can do what you want. What's going to happen? Yeah. So what are they going to do? Yeah. And then what? Is the world going to end? No, Jessica, it keeps going. That, that freedom of saying, I'm an adult. I really don't have to do shit. That if I want to do something, it's because I want to. Right. And that it's not this obligation. It's just been such a freeing that I'm still working on, but that it's just been such a freeing, um, mindset to have that I have to stop myself sometimes and say, you know what? You don't have to do shit. There was a quote that I'm going to totally misquote it. I'm sure but (laughs) I know that everybody has probably heard it that has any kind of appreciation for, uh, Marilyn Monroe that she has a quote where she talks about that. She, you can't really be upset with the direction of where your life has gone because at any given moment you did exactly what you wanted. Yeah. And that speaks to me that, you know, like even if things result in a bad outcome that at the time I was doing exactly what I wanted, even if what I wanted was not what was best or was not a good decision or wasn't wise, like at the time it was what I wanted to do, you know? Um, and so, yeah, you don't have to do shit. Yeah. And, um, it's just, yeah. I, that I have to remind myself sometimes when I feel that obligation that mm-hmm. sometimes it's okay to put the boundary in place and say, I'm an adult, damn it. And I don't have to do anything. Nope. I really don't. And even if that comes at the cost of disappointing others, sure. um, which brings me to one of my favorite quotes about boundaries, the queen of boundaries, Brene Brown, for real. Brene, we love you. She's a beast. Um, Brene Brown says boundaries are put in place when you love yourself enough to risk disappointing others. Generosity cannot exist without setting boundaries. Um, she said both of those things and that that speaks to me on a super deep level. Um, that sometimes when you're doing what's right for you, you're going to disappoint somebody. Almost every time. Um, and that that's, um, like we were saying before, if people around you are disappointed because you're um, doing what you need to do to look out for yourself, then that's their experience. You know, like that that's not necessarily your experience. And it's hard to separate those two things um, because we have empathy, you know, and because we um, are people pleaser (laughs) personalities and don't like to disappoint um, those around us. But I guess the other thing that I'm starting to recognize is that when I do what I know is right for me, um, and I do it unapologetically that the people that cause the most ruckus in my world when I'm doing that are the people who are benefiting from me denying myself and the boundary I need to place. Like that somehow I was making them more comfortable than I was making myself. 
Well, because what you're toler what you tolerate in your life is you're, you're, you're teaching people how to treat you. Absolutely. And as soon as you start to take some responsibility for that and you put boundaries in place that show that, you know, your value is different. Um, anybody else who was profiting from that is going to cause a fuss about it, you know, and, um, that that's not always a bad thing, you know, like Mm -hmm. I think more than anything, it's that I notice my part in that. Um, and that I need to quit taking actions based on how I think other people are going to perceive those things that part of that's my fault for denying myself over however long I've been doing that. And that I have got to (laughs) honor myself more. Yes. Um, and that, that also sometimes gets you a label in today's world, you know, and that if that's how you need to label me to organize that in your heart and your space, that is totally your gig, man. And that's okay with me. That, yeah, that you have to come to the realization how people feel about you is none of your business. Nope. <laughs> that life, in fact, does go on. Yes. Um, even without knowing how others feel about you, which I think leads into our next subject, which, you know, we've been talking for a while. And so I don't want to like linger on with this, but... Um, we were talking about social media earlier right? and, um, how sometimes it makes it easy to cut people out. Well, social media, but also in real life yes. too, you know, like, cause you know, we were talking about how easy or hard it is to just cut somebody out of your life. And is that fair? Is, is that, that fair? Healthy? Is it healthy? Um, does it mean that you're deflecting or not, you know, paying attention to or honoring something and, I've, I've not done it a lot. Um, I can think of a handful of times in my life where I, um, needed to separate from people around me. And again, like so often it wasn't really because of them. It was because of me and that you create attachments to people in your world sometimes that are serving the, for, for me, the old me that I'm trying to grow through and out of so I can be who I am today, you know, and that um, you are the sum of the people that you spend time with. Absolutely. And that not everybody um, brings out the best in me and that I don't need, uh, I, that I have, you know, my time, when we talk about time as having this value to us. And especially as I get older, you know, like I realize if I'm going to, for example, produce and uh, create a podcast with you, that that's going to require that we spend a lot of time doing that, you know, and that I have limited amounts of emotional space to share with people. And if you don't make me feel, um, great, you know, and supported. And if I don't trust your methods and I don't trust uh, where you're at with me that I just don't have time and space in my life for that. And so it's made it a lot easier for me to set boundaries um, with what I'm not willing to accept. Sometimes not even with friends. Sometimes it's just acquaintances or, you know, like people that I know on the fringes, I can love you and not spend time with you. Yeah. Just because I think you're awesome or I love you doesn't mean that you're somebody that I choose to have in my life every day or every week or however frequently, you know, like we spent time together and that is, um, really difficult, but also really rewarding to set that kind of boundary and to see, um, how it just changes my experience on a daily basis. Yeah. And I can speak from a social media perspective that sometimes laying down that boundary, it's, it's so hard on social media because you love people, right. And that your friends, you know, with people on social media who you love and admire and respect, um, that you don't always agree with. Right. And so their opinions, and I'm not just talking political, I'm talking about like all aspects of life are just kind of like thrown at you Yeah, and, um, that you kind of see people's opinions, whether you want them or not. Right. It's almost like unsolicited advice, you know, that you're like, I don't need this. I didn't need to know that. I didn't need to know that. Um, yeah, it, it's tricky, you, you know, when you care about someone, but that there is a boundary there, whether it's on social media or not. Well, but that's also part of this construct of having social media at all, because I'm going to be real right now. I don't have a lot of friends. Right. Okay, like we don't have that many. Friends. I don't have 
as many friends in life as I do on social media, you know, like, so some people before we had a social media account, we didn't have a really close friendship, but now I'm engaged with you in a way that before I was only engaged with my closest friends, like, you know, and so, um, having this really wide net and everyone, you know, like speaking their mind on that again, to a really sensitive, you know, like open wound like that as a cancer, I do tend to climb into my shell. Yeah. Um, especially when I feel hurt or misunderstood or that things aren't going, you know, like, well, and so, um, I definitely have to have that uh, turn into myself time. And I think that's been a big part of the cutting out of uh, people, which I haven't had to do in a while, you know, Um, but it's been something that looking back on it, um, I've only grown in a way that I could have never grown if I hadn't been willing to draw that line in the sand, you know, and say, this is who I am and where I'm going just doesn't fit with that anymore. Take it or leave it. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> so thank you guys so much for being a part of the boundaries conversation. We definitely want to hear more from you. So don't forget to, you know, reach out to us and be a part of this. Yeah. We want to hear, um, if anything that we're sharing on the podcast resonates, uh, with you. So get out there and tell us what you think about our episode on boundaries and we'll check y'all out the next time. Thank you guys for listening. Bye. Bye.